Hey there, my name is Ushin Lunny and this is Audio Talks, the podcast formerly known as Audio Matters, a bi-weekly podcast on all things audio presented to you by Harmon. The Audio Talks team are back from their summer vacations and staycations, rested, refreshed and ready to rock season two, bringing you the most fascinating sonic superstars you could hope to meet to talk about all things audio. And this week's episode is called When You Can Feel Music, the extra dimension of immersive audio, and is, of course, all about the awesome potential of immersive audio. And I'm thrilled to be joined by three of the leading lights of the field. Dr. Raphael Cassier is the Senior Principal Engineer for Experiential Research and Development at Harman International and also Chairman of a section of the Audio Engineering Society and Vice Chair of the AES Technical Committee on Automotive Audio. Mirak Stiles is Head of Audio Products at Abbey Road Studios. Yes, the Abbey Road Studios founder of the Abbey Road Spatial Audio Forum and advisory board member for Abbey Road Red. And my dear friend Muki Cullahan is an in-demand CIO, executive XR producer, a creative technologist, virtual conference chair and keynoter who speaks about music, TV, 5G, innovation and sits on the advisory board of South by Southwest and IBC Accelerators. Wow, those are some awesome resumes. You are indeed a power trio. You could say the cream of immersive audio. So uh, welcome very much to the podcast. It's great to see you all. Hello. Hi, great to be here. So let's start with a definition of immersive audio. Now, uh, seeing as we have a, a doctor in the house, I'm going to turn to you first, Raphael. Tell us, how would you define immersive audio? Uh, immersive audio is basically a continuation of some of the technologies that have been shaping the music production industry uh, throughout the years. So we started with mono, progressed to stereo, which is two-channel, um, but actually... Even in the mono, you had a spatial element. Things could sound spacious, like a recording in a cathedral played back over one speaker could still mm. sound spatial. But it was really with the advent of the stereo with two channels that you had this uh, stereo stage between the two loudspeakers and uh, this feeling of envelopment, actually, of, of being surrounded by sound if you're set up correctly, if you're set up between the two loudspeakers. Mm -hmm. Then uh, that carried on with a, a failed, if you like, experiment into quad. There were some um, big names behind quad in the 70s, but that ultimately didn't really catch on. And um, stereo really was still the powerhouse. And uh, later on in the 90s and noughties, you had surround sound that's still around with us, obviously, which added a center channel to, to help anchor the stage for multiple positions and surround uh, loudspeakers, side and surround loudspeakers, uh, which increased the immersion. So um, you had a direct way of um, making people feel that they are surrounded by sound or that the uh, that the um, sound sources within that environment were moving around uh, the listener. Mm -hmm. And the immersive uh, formats and the immersive uh, loudspeaker systems are those uh, which add height channels. So we're now going from surround, channel, surround sound with the center channel and the surround channels to height channels as well. So those are the loudspeakers above you. And right. the effect of this is actually uh, quite dramatic. You have, when, when it's set up correctly, you, uh, you basically don't have any border which has the loudspeakers. If you're in a surround sound system, you can kind of feel where the, where the, um, the sound ends, which is more or less in the speakers. And when the height loudspeakers are on, um, that 
border tends to disappear and you can have this feeling of the sound coming from the very, very far distance, for example. Mm. So that's, um, that's something that the loudspeaker systems will give. That was so interesting. Right. I, I, I get it now. And how does that translate to a pair of headphones, for instance? So headphones give you the ability to send a separate signal to each ear. So um, we can actually, uh, if you're just normal, just doing normal stereo reproduction, you end up with uh, what's more or less the the whole of the sound happening inside your head. Mm-hmm. And this is not very spacious, obviously. Um, but um, the idea with the immersive technologies is to use headphones to actually recreate the sort of a realistic signal uh, at at the ears so that you can believe that you are where you are supposed to be um, according to the content creator. So um, this is this trick is obviously used in virtual reality um, and the new technologies now with head tracking in the virtual reality just so that you can uh, adjust your gaze. It also adjusts the the audio at the same time. So uh, something that was, for example, off to the left, if you turn your head to the left, then it centers itself, for example. Effectively, the, the recreation of the sort of signals that would be hitting the ears in a realistic environment, but in the virtual environment. That's really the, the main focus of the immersive sound in headphones. And that's also where a lot of the, the technology is gearing up towards as well. Just to jump in, I, I was um, I did some research a couple of years ago, and apparently there was a system uh, called uh, Fantasound back in the mid '30s by Disney, which was uh, it only accompanied the screening of the Disney film uh, Fantasia for a road show, I think, and it was only shown in twelve theaters. But that actually had an array of speakers around the audience, and um, they were they were panning harps around the audiences like Mickey Mouse, you know cast a spell or what have you and um i mean to think like you know what mid-30s they had this this surround sound system obviously very crude but like that's pretty pretty incredible to think that that far back there was some sort of uh, immersive audio going on and that's just what you know so far right there could there could have been something in caveman days sitting in the stone star- oh yeah right yeah, depends. <laughs> yeah. the tribalness the tribalness of of being surrounded by the sound you know there is, of course, actual reality, which is yeah. immersive. So, I mean, we are Think about it. living. Think about it, people. We're living immersive audio every day of our lives. So Am I immersive? I guess so. Yeah. So, Mookie, you have worked not since the Stone Age, but you've worked at the overlap between new tech and the entertainment business for many, many decades. And um, when did you become first aware of this potential of immersive audio? I think having a music industry background, to me, audio has been the number one thing that I think Mm. about sometimes way above a visual. I think for me, it probably was being part of a band when I was about nine years old. (laughs) And this was clarinet very badly. They called it foo-foo band. But like hearing the different different sounds around and then obviously in the professional aspect of, you know, in, in MTV days, like you really, really pay attention to the production of sound and where it's coming from and you're checking the mixing desk and you're checking everything else. And, and then when we're dealing with the record industry, you want that to sound good as well. And then in recent years, you know, w- working more with uh, 3D immersive type of audio experiences uh, with consequences and the future storytelling and obviously with Merrick out at um, Abbey Road Studios, a spatial audio form, it's 
more important than ever before to to really, really, really think about what your experience will be with sound. And to me, the quality of what an immersive sound experience can bring to an actual 2D experience and a 3D experience and something fully virtual is number one priority. You've been very much at the vanguard of the adoption of this new technology. I remember you running around with this crazy 360 degree camera on your head. And I think you're one of the first people to do a 360 audiovisual miniseries from a major broadcast event. Talk to us a bit about that project and what were people's reactions like? I was uh, the digital executive producer for BBC The Voice UK. We knew that this was a huge flagship show for the BBC, you know, after all the cooking shows and dancing shows. And we had that opportunity to say, hey, let's try some VR now and utilize that with an audience that's that's age six to 66. Wow. My brief was a big whiteboard. What do you want to do? And I was given free reign to do any type of content that I wanted to do, but we narrowed it down from like about 80 experiences to 30 experiences to about five key experiences that would give the audiences of this particular television show a behind the scenes, something on stage. And um, what, what in my opinion is, is a very effective uh, immersive experience and virtual experience is a first person point of view experience. Hmm. The hat that Oshi is referring to is a custom made rig that was a hard helmet with seven GoPro blacks strapped to it with plastic ties. Nice. And it was myself and one other crew member who were, I was the only person wearing it. And this is where like ballet, a mix of ballet and football have paid off where I had to walk (laughs) so very, very slowly to capture that first person point of view uh, of what it's like to actually audition on The Voice. And it's going backstage, seeing Will I Am, seeing Emma and Marvin and they're clapping you on, and then going onto the stage to walk up to the microphone. But of course, I recorded this in front of a live studio audience during the break in front of 300 people, practiced it about 97 times because I couldn't look down to see where I was walking, just kind of keep keep walking. But the whole time I was doing that visually, I was already like trying to check what Foley sounds I needed, what sound effects I needed, wow. what, how, how can we recreate a full experience for each of these experiences. Um, what was it like? It was great because uh, not many people were doing it. The BBC have uh, tried tried around with some ozos in the middle of, of the room and pianos, but we were able to do the first ever series of 360 virtual reality content for a major flagship show. So I'm very proud of that little experiment. <laughs> that VR experience sounds exhilarating and terrifying, going up in front of that stage in front of all of those people. Oh, that sure. didn't bother me. It was about falling on my face. <laughs> <laughs> See, the the ballet slash football will come in handy there. Um, So that was like, you know, five, six years ago. And that was real early days and you were blowing people's minds. But do you think that people are more ready for immersive audio in 2020? And how do you see that manifesting? No, absolutely. I think what's what's really great is that, you know, tech companies and and there's more there's more products being made that can account for better software. So it's about the hardware, it's about the software, but most importantly it's about the storytellers and and the content mm. and what is going into these devices and these headsets or, you know, sunglasses in some cases. Sure, yeah. And I think, you know, if you asked me this a year ago, I might have a different answer, but it is it is Uh, summer 2020. Mm -hmm. We are still in pieces of lockdown in different parts of the world. And more than ever before, folks need an outlet to turn to for entertainment. And there's no better way to try out new pieces of tech, new experiences, especially 
with regards to sound and immersive experiences than in-home. Talk to us a bit about how maybe immersive audio can help people maintain that connection to the live music experience and really keep that connection with live music alive during the lockdown. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked this question because just the other day, last Friday, there um, it, it was a partnership with Enemy and Goose Island in aid of Nordoff Robbins and Calm, which is a mental health charity in the UK. They did a 360 gig of Supergrass. Yeah. Again, like great band from the 90s, but full of hits, mega hits. These, This is a band I've seen many times and played for three hours solid. But they did a 45-minute set at uh, one of the pubs in Oxford that they're from, they're from the Oxford area. Yeah, I knew the setup only because I'm so familiar with this type of production that they had one 360 camera in the middle of it and uh, the four different band members around. And then you could, I, I use it in my quest, um, but I also tried it on multiple devices because I'm a geek and that's how I was doing it. <sighs> I was watching it with a friend, but only through, she was watching it on her device and we were on a WhatsApp kind of commentating on it because not everybody has all these devices. Mm -hmm. So it would be nice to see uh, like another potential, like an audio channel that's just for like that 360 sound capture, which is what I was missing from this gig. And I really, really wanted to hear the whole gig in 360 and I couldn't. Yeah. Cause you couldn't do that through a laptop and Mm. I couldn't do that with a friend in real time in a multi user environment. Um, so it'd mm. be great to see uh, more productions done, uh, really, really considering what a full 3D, 360 degree experience is, especially with music, especially with, oh, here's the bass player, here's the drummer, here's the guitar player, yeah. here's that. that. That's fantastic. And did you um, did you check out that Travis Scott gig? I mean, you're, you're kind of going maybe a bit towards Avatar territory there. Did you see Travis Scott in Fortnite? Yeah. What did you think of that? Well, you know what? I love it because it's somebody with a great idea to bring music to a different medium and a different platform to an audience that is so alive. Yes. The gaming communities, the esports communities, the uh, that crowd within Fortnite is just the biggest you can get. That's the Glastonbury of graphics and, and gatherings and, and again, real-time multiplayer, multi-user experiences. Sure. And you know what? The artists, the management, the labels have to be thinking how else they can connect with their fans and how else they can connect with their audiences in real time or not. And I completely love what they did. And it was Marshmallow the year before that. And there's more and more gigs happening in these kind of 3D real-time environments. With regards to avatars, I have seen some other gigs in like Mozilla Hubs and other like bands trying to do it remotely. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that there is software where musicians and bands can actually play together remotely. So it's about creation. It's about community. It's about collaboration. It's about taking a chance. And it's about finding new ways to use this very valuable tool, which is immersive audio in the different layers of how you tell your story, whether that's through visuals, multi-sensories, or audio experiences. Fabulous. Thank you. Good night. Thank you very much, Mookie. That's <laughs> that, That's a manifesto for XR and immersive audio right there. Uh, so let's shift over to you, Mirek. Um, on your LinkedIn, you've got a great bio, and you mentioned that you love running up mountains and baking bread, and also that you have a keen interest in developing spatial audio workflows for 6DOF music experiences via AR, VR, and XR. Uh, so obviously, let's talk about bread making. Uh, no, just kidding. What are 6DOF <laughs> music experiences? Well, you take flour, water, salt. <laughs> um <laughs> 
What? So yes, six degrees of freedom. Um, ah. In VR, it allows you to kind of wander around audio as opposed to being in a fixed position, uh, which is a lot of lot of fun. So if you can imagine you're in a room and there's a band playing, you could wander over to the drum kit and sort of kneel down and put your head near the kick drum if you wanted to, and you, you get more of a sense of that kick drum, more of a feeling of that kick drum. We could wander up to the vocalist and, and kind of get that intimacy from the, from the lyrics. Um, or you could go and stand in the corner of the room, get more of a, a roomy sound, or even, even wander into the control room and, and it sounds like it's coming through a pair of speakers. It's kind of, you can kind of set up these, these worlds, these environments where I guess from the user's point of view, player agency, whatever you want to call it, you dictate how you want to hear the audio, how loud you want the bass guitar, depends on how close you stand, stand to the bass guitar. And it's an interesting way of presenting music in a way that I don't think anyone's really been able to do before. We've had, we've obviously got things like, you know, stereo and surround sound and what have you, but um, that's all from, that's like a fixed representation of music where in Six Degrees of Freedom, you, you kind of you can play around a bit with with the environment, uh, depending on what you do, what you interact with, um, and and game engines allow you to do that. And I think game engines are just a, a super super exciting um, um, platform to, to to be creative on. Um, not just f- mm. for creating games, but um, for for music creators as well. Why not? I mean, for musicians, producers, engineers, um, it's a bit of a steep learning curve, but. Uh, I, that, that that will get easier as time goes and and um yeah i just i, I love it it's great fantastic wow okay that, thank you that's you learn something new every podcast we've got like lots more uh immersive audio formats dolby atmos 360 live streams etc do you think this has changed how people relate to audio and the place of audio in our lives I can't help but feel um, that the audio is being taken a lot more seriously now. Um, not that it ever wasn't, if you know what I mean, but yeah. I think audio was always a bit of an afterthought in, in within certain pillars. Mm. I mean, just an extreme example of that is um, there was an announcement by by Sony probably a month ago now about their, their PS5 um, and the Sony Tempest audio engine. And the power of that thing is just off the chart it's it's just for the audio alone it's more powerful than the the whole the ps4 combined um so it's like it's you know it 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 feels to me like we're just going into new territory with how audio is being presented to the consumer with things like soundbars that can give you pretty decent sounding immersive audio just from a single point source yeah without the the need to have speakers all around your room having really good audio is becoming easier and easier from the consumer's point of view um, and it's getting better and better um and i, I just think um it, it's being taken a lot more seriously by p- perhaps by people who didn't take it that seriously before yeah we can thank a lot that the cinematic industry for always pushing those boundaries there's all sorts of if you look into the history there's all sorts of weird and wonderful formats they've tried over the years which were which were maybe used for like three or four films at the most and then just abandoned um mega sound was what the one i learned about more recently i think it was used on like three or four films one of them was scored here a film called outland um composed by jerry goldsmith and that used this mega sound format which was just a, a wall of speakers behind the screen with um a load of subwoofers and just 
completely impractical and um <laughs> and was yeah used for about four or five films i think and then completely abandoned but they tried it god bless them you know why not i mean it's great is mega sound a trademark thing I think, yeah, I, I think so. I, I would like that, those wall of amps. I think we're only just scratching the surface still. Um, yeah. There's um, there's a lot more cool stuff on the horizon. Absolutely. And speaking of which, you founded the Abbey Road Spatial Audio Forum. Uh, can you talk to us a bit about um, about this organization, who's involved, what are your goals, and what kind of work you're doing? My first introduction to immersive audio, if you like, over headphones was with a company we worked with called OSIC, who unfortunately are no longer around, but they um, virtualized um, surround sound via a pair of headphones. And it sounded pretty convincing to me. And, 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 they, and, and off the back of that, I started to explore virtual reality and spatial audio formats. And I, I got very confused very quickly, I would say. There was all these different terminologies and different namings. I mean, yeah, immersive sound, 3D sound, uh, VR. It's it just people talking about roughly the same things, but s- describing it slightly differently um, and all the different formats. And it, it just felt to me like the Wild West um, with, with, with what was going. It still is a bit like the Wild West, I suppose. But I thought um, I, was, I was meeting different people from the gaming world, the film world, from broadcast. And I just thought like, it'd be nice to get everyone together, people I'd met at conventions and, and what have you, and just try and demystify this a little bit because it, yeah, like I said, it felt, it felt really messy. Uh, and maybe it still is to, to a certain extent. No one's worked it all out yet. And it's, there's still a hell of a lot of R&D happening and but, but yeah, that, that was the reason why we got the forum together, just to get together, chew the fat, try and demystify it a little bit, um, you know, write some blogs and just, you know, kind of have some beers afterwards. It's a great mix of, uh, you know, practitioners and academia and creative weird people like me and just kind of, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it is genuinely talking uh, like two solid hours of talking about spatial audio nonstop. Wow. And then even when we were able to have beers in person, oh, we yeah. still carried on. We were talking about kit and software and, and experiences. and we do, we do some show and tells as well. Um, you know, people bring in their projects and we sort of show off what we've been working on, experimenting with. Um, yeah, it's good fun. You had me at beers. It sounds perfect. Thank you, Mirik. That was really fascinating. Now we'll move over to your good self, Dr. Cassier. You have a PhD in spatial audio listener training and a uh, BMUSE in as a tonmeister in music and sound recordings. Um, do you have the most perfect job in the world at Harman? And what does your typical week look like? So, uh, yeah, I can only agree with you. I, I'm very fortunate to have a job which combines all of my major interests, you know, music, technology and research. And I also get a kick out of being part of the quality assurance process to get awesome sounding products into the hands of everyday consumers, enriching their lives in the process. Mm, Nice. And regular week or irregular week, I mean, these days um, things are a bit bit different, but, you know, there there are regular elements, I'd say, to to any week and irregular elements. So um, we have a regular program for training our employees to become part of the trained listener panel. Uh-huh. And we regularly test vehicle sound systems. So Harman is uh, a major part of what Harman does is we um, install, we create factory installed sound systems for the major vehicle manufacturers. Um, and we incorporate then our brands 
into those systems. And we have partnership agreements with other brands as well. So JBL, uh, Harman Kardon, Mark Levinson, and so on. Um, they, uh, those branded sound systems have come from uh, our engineers and um, uh, our facilities. And yeah. um, part of my job is the quality assurance of these sound systems. So we test the uh, end end user vehicles, so the, the production vehicles, but also the prototype vehicles, and uh, also our competitors as well, so that we can uh, find out where where we are in the market, what the, the market is like, and so on. So for market analysis and to set and verify sound quality targets. Mm-hmm. And uh, so a large portion of my time is involved with quality assurance side of my work, but there's also time for other research projects, uh, some customer outreach and training events, and some music listening as well. Amazing. My goodness. Music listening is on your job spec. I love it. That is literally perfect. Uh, <laughs> so would it be fair to say that you have always been obsessed with high quality audio? If so, has that manifested in your, in your life and your career? I, th- I think it's the discovery of sound quality is a journey, really, and I'm a certain way along that journey. Um, I like to keep my mind open, my eyes and ears peeled along the way. I think there's, a, in general, a lack of reliable information about uh, sound quality and what to listen out for. That's something I, th- I believe that Harmon is trying to change. This series of podcasts is a great example of how we're trying to engage and get information out to the to the general uh, public. And um, I guess the beginning of the journey is about, for me, was about tonal, spectral, what people call uh, sound color. So the, the, the frequency side of things, you know, amount of bass or if, if the sound systems had bass at all, I guess. And through my studies and continuing work at Harman, uh, especially in the automotive sector, the spatial and the dynamic aspects of sound reproduction have become more and more important to me. And I guess sort of universal truth is that price does not always equate to sound quality through through my experience. You know, there's definitely, a, I think, a sweet spot out there where value for money meets performance yeah. in the gear. And you can go overboard, but I mean, you know, everyone's entitled to make their own choices uh, with regard to the gear. But I think there's also no perfect way of creating... Um, the perfect sound system. They're, they're all compromised in some way. And so therefore there will always be these uh, this need for the testing, the sort of testing that we do. And I guess the, the mul- multitude of different types of uh, technology out there and, and, and what they can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking about that price quality, you know, Venn diagram, we had on the very first episode of the podcast uh, in the first season, Dr. Sean Olive, who's a brilliant, brilliant uh, audio engineer and former president of the AES, etc. And uh, I believe one of his earlier studies for Harman showed that there was not much overlap between price and quality in the headphone market at all. And he kind of exposed a few brands in that report, I believe, <laughs> which was a real public service, I think. Good colleague of mine, good friend. And yeah, and sure, he, um, he is also just not just uh, headphones, also um, yeah. uh, speakers. But I mean, you, know, could, you could expand this into speaker wire and all the rest of the, the, the things that, that people uh, try to sell you. Right. You need a, a certain amount of experience to trust 
uh, your judgment on these things and 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 make the make the the, the judgment yourself. Yeah. And to get to that point is uh, perhaps the, the the most important part of the journey. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Absolutely. And uh, I think that ties very much into the communication and education side of uh, the work that Harmon is doing very nicely. Speaking of your work in research and development, how do you keep up to date with groundbreaking new audio technology and then put concepts uh, and science like immersive audio into practice? So as part of the quality organisation, I'm more involved with the testing of the technology uh, rather than implementing it. But I definitely keep up to date through all the amazing products that we get to test in prototype and production. Nice. We're actually in, in, um, working on incorporating VR and immersive audio into our vehicle testing as well. So that's wow. something that, uh, that we're looking forward to as well. Amazing. And what kind of testing, like user testing, happens before, for example, a new automotive product comes out on the market? So... Um, it's important for us to measure sound quality in an objective way. Yeah. And so we, um, we've devised a, a scientific way of putting objectivity into the judgment of sound quality. So we use similar methods to the food and drink industry, actually, so, um, where they have taste panels which are trained to evaluate the aspects of food quality we have trained listener panels which are trained in the aspects of sound quality uh-huh. and um specifically in the automotive testing for automotive sound systems so that's not just um bass mid treble quality and balance but it's also the, the spatial aspects uh, which is the focus of today's podcast obviously so um where's the stage where is the um where the individual instruments, the singers coming from, the feeling of space, feeling of surroundedness, and so on. That's an yeah. important part, obviously, um, of the automotive sound system as well, because uh, those are, these days, the premium versions of the sound systems are large involve large numbers of speakers, and these spatial aspects are uh, very important. So, um, yeah, we... We take this very seriously. We make business decisions out of the data yeah. and um, put numbers on sound quality effectively. And we are able to then compare the different products yeah. in the space and uh, set and verify targets that uh, that we need for the various brands and systems. As mentioned in the introduction, um, as well as being uh, a doctor, of course, you're also a chairman uh, of a section of the Audio Engineering Society and the vice chair of the AES Technical Committee on Automotive Audio. And I think this is really interesting. Um, Talk to us a bit about the role of immersive audio in automobiles, uh, as well as in gaming and at home. Where does it fit in the car? Uh, Maybe I'm biased, but I I think that the the car is perhaps the environment for audio-only entertainment. Amazing. Especially one that involves spatial audio reproduction and yeah you know ever since someone installed speakers in the doors of the car and gave the user the balance and fader controls um they've effectively had an immersive sound uh, system and you know in, in recent years this millennium i guess um we've really been able to take advantage of the surround sound and now these immersive sound technologies with uh, the content um, up mixing, so we take the stereo files and the stereo content and and um, re- replay it and, and configure it so that it plays better and and um, 
uh, more sensibly in in all of these with all of these speakers because you can imagine playing back a stereo file in a multiple speaker array you could just put the left signal down one side the right signal down the other but there are other ways to do this and um, so there's technology which will automatically do that yeah which is obviously important for us because a lot of the uh, the music is still just stereo but the playback environments in the, in the vehicle are multi-channel right but obviously the the content did follow uh, with the surround sound formats. And uh, in Immersive, there are also big announcements happening about uh, remixing of the old catalogs into the Immersive formats and so on. So it's uh, it's an exciting time also uh, to be involved with the spatial playback. And these uh, sound systems in the vehicles, uh, the, the premium sound systems are equipped with multiple speakers, center, center channels, surround channels, and now height channels as well. So actual speakers in the headliner and sometimes in the uh, headrests as well. Given that you are a doctor of audio, you probably know some good pieces of equipment. What, is there anything that you recommend, any specific pieces of kit you recommend for people to have good immersive audio at home or gaming or an automobile, whatever you'd like to recommend? There's plenty of stuff. And of course, it's it's always uh, increasing that the, the new stuff tends to be compatible. Um, but, you know, right now there's a there's a JBL soundbar, the 9.1, that uh, features Dolby Atmos. We have a JBL Quantum range of gaming headsets that also feature immersive audio. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some home theater receivers from Arcam. That's the latest of the Harman brands um, under the Harman yeah. umbrella. That's uh, the AVR10, 20, 30, AV, 40. Um, JBL Synthesis is uh, one of our luxury brands. Yeah. Um, for example, the SDR35, SDP55, SDP75. Mm-hmm. Hope people are taking notes. We'll put this in the show notes if you're listening, you know, don't worry. Uh, something also, uh, actually, is, is if you've got a, a, a stereo playback on your Samsung Galaxy smartphone, or if you've got headphones plugged in, there's an option in the sound settings to uh, to enable Dolby Atmos. And when that's enabled, um, you can use the Tidal streaming service to actually reproduce the immersive uh, the immersive audio tracks from Tidal in the headphones uh, of your Galaxy smartphone. So that's another another one to try out. Wow. I'd be I'd be remiss to to ignore the cars as well. So yes, um, you know we've got a number of immersive sound systems in in vehicles um, for a number of years. We've had the the Mark Levinson branded immersive sound systems in Lexus vehicles, amazing, and Bang and Olufsen 3D sound systems in Audi and Lamborghini vehicles. Uh, we're very excited about the the latest vehicle uh, that's that's going to feature a Harman sound system is the uh, the new Cadillac Escalade which has a 36 speaker immersive sound system oh, wow with uh, which is branded AKG studio reference sound system and that also has headliner speakers and headrest speakers um, so yeah that's uh, something to look out for as well 36 speakers in the car 36 speakers that's wow cool. say that 10 times fast Merrick I'm not even going to embarrass myself by attempting that, Mookie. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much there, uh, Raphael. That was a brilliant list. And we will link to all of those nice pieces of kit in the show notes if you're looking to bring some immersive audio into your life via a soundbar or a brand new Cadillac Escalade, which does sound quite fun. What is next 
for immersive audio. Yeah, obviously with the the, the pandemic has it's kind of increased uh, the the take up of things like virtual reality. I think there's the, I, I attended a virtual reality conference last week. And I think that sort of thing's going to really explode, I think, with uh, a lot of people taking that technology up. And, you know, there, there's been several false starts with virtual reality, but I think there's there's a certain critical mass now and uh, the content, of course, um, out there as well. There's plenty of 360 videos and, and, and so on. So that, that's one side of things. But I mean, I, I guess with the automotive hat on, it's also a call to action, I guess, for the music producers mm-hmm to get behind the new format and uh, make the content available in these new immersive formats that can then be replayed in, in things like the car or wherever people are you know, enjoying that. So, um, you know, that's perhaps where, where it should be going in the future, as, as far as I'm concerned, that, that uh, we get more adoption of the format um, or these formats uh, going forward. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, I look forward to that as well. The, the future sounding great. Um, so we have one final question that we ask everyone who joins us on the podcast. And that is, we invite our legendary guests to add a track to the Audio Talks playlist on Tidal. So what is your nomination to join our tuneful time machine and why? Let's start with you, Mookie. Ocean Lonnie, on this very special Audio Matters podcast, the track that I am adding to the Audio Talks playlist is the one, the only, Insignificant Others. They are back and back with a vengeance, ladies and gentlemen. The track is a double A side called Cold Sweat Stroke Wide Awake, and it is a summer banger with super fat beats, funky EDM loops. Turn this one up, ladies and gentlemen with or without your headphones, you will be on your feet dancing. Superb. What a great start. Thank you, Mookie. Uh, over to you, Mirek. What's your contribution to the playlist? Uh, I just suddenly realized um, the song I had in my head probably isn't on title because <laughs> it, it is, I, I couldn't find it anywhere. I heard I heard it randomly at a bar called Spiritland. Oh, yeah. And I had to get I had to get Shazam out. Nice. Because uh, this this song was was playing. I was having this conversation with someone. I just in, started ignoring the conversation. I was like, what is this song? It's like, it's it's taking me somewhere. And um, it was like, it's by a band called Flayer. Um, and the song is Want to Get Back Your Love, uh, released on some obscure Italian disco label in the early 80s. Ooh. Um, obviously, the DJ had got hold of it on vinyl um, yonks ago or or um, exchanged um, on the secondhand market for a lot of money, um, but it's, it, you can find it on YouTube. Um, but that's the, that's the only place I could actually find it. So you put me on the spot here. If it's something that's on Tidal to add to a playlist, <laughs> that is not going to be it. Um, I'll go with um, I'll go with a band called Ida from North London, um, and the song is called Woo Baby um, because it's just a really, really good feel feel good feel good tune. I love it. Um, great band, great album as well. Fabulous. Th- those are two two great selections. We, I hope they're both on title, but if not, we'll happily uh, accept number two. Thank you very much. And yeah, Spiritland's a great bar. Do like it. I remember bars. Um, and finally, last but not least, uh, Dr. Cassier. So this one... This one definitely is on, t- on title, and um, so it's uh, the overture to the operetta called Der Freischutz by Karl Maria von Weber. This is, everyone knows wow. the overture, not many people know the rest of the operetta. It's very famous for this very lovely overture, and um, I just thought I'd, I'd give something out there to people who want to really test their sound systems. You, you will really 
uh, tell if you've got a, if you've got a really good sound system, this will um, you know bring tears of joy and emotion to your to your eyes. And um, uh, it's it's got probably the the, the most beautiful recording of of uh, French horns that I know. So enjoy. I, for one, am so looking forward to experiencing all of those brilliant choices. And um, as is tradition, I'm going to throw in my own selection. And this episode is going to be Max Cooper's Incredible Emergence, which is really this epic, immersive audiovisual experience. And uh, actually a debut film directed and soundtracked by Max Cooper and mastered in Dolby Atmos. So thank you all so much for joining us on the Audio Talks podcast. That was so much fun and so interesting. Uh, I really learned a lot and we will be featuring that amazing list of desirable immersive audio gear in the show notes. So please check that out. We'll be back in two weeks with an episode entitled In Tune with the Senses, The Secrets Behind a Unique Sound DNA. And joining us will be two exceptional proponents of sonic design, legendary composer and sonic logo designer Suzanne Chiani and Marain Rosemond from leading sonic branding agency Massive Music. So do join us for that, please. Don't forget to spread the news and tell all your friends about the Audio Talks podcast presented to you by Harman. See you next time.